Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Hello this morning. This is Linda Zeitner following up on last Sunday's sermon by Pastor Peter. Our theme for this pod is from Romans 8, 31-39. If God is for us, who can be against us? It's a brilliant question to ask even a believer. I have to say it was the question that challenged my mind more often than not for the first 30 years of my journey into faith. I believed with joy and faith, but there were always those seconds in time where my mind stumbled over the words in Matthew 16, 15, like, Who do you say I am? The whole word of God is the story of him searching for us rather than the other way around. Challenging our hearts with those words. Ah, And yet Paul, who stumbled just like the rest of us, out of the abundance of his love relationship with Jesus, can boldly say in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, that although we happen to be frail human vessels, out of God's abundant mercy and love, we still possess this precious treasure, the light of the gospel, which is the Holy Spirit. I'm sure most of us were so surprised when this came into our life that we didn't feel we deserved it. And we didn't. Go figure. Now everyone we share that wonderful gospel with can also see our mistakes, our victories, and our sins. Why would the Lord do this? Could it be that part of the sacrifice we make for someone who needs Christ? You know, to give hope to the lost. That must mean that others have a chance for this miracle also. These people get to watch us go through the same trials they do, and hopefully do that with love, kindness, and even joy. And if we fail in that, by the grace of God, hopefully get to hear us humble ourselves, humble ourselves, seeking forgiveness from God and possibly from them. That's how I knew that God was with me helping me grow in the character of Christ. I began to genuinely apologize, not making excuses for my behavior. Wow, I really had to practice that forgiveness thing. It doesn't come naturally. I know, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So how do we practice the Holy Spirit's presence? Since we are not saved by trying to be good or doing good works, We certainly don't get any points in God's big book of life by working hard for his love. In fact, I tend to think like a loving father, he would turn around and say to us, go practice that once again, child, and this time fill it full of my love. Praise God for his patience, for he knows our heart. He knows this fallen world has planted many lies, dark thoughts, and fears in us. In 2 Corinthians 4.10, Paul explains it this way. When we experience these humanity battles, it feels as if we are in a war forever. But we are not. Look and see the power in Paul's words. In verse 9, we are pursued and persecuted, but not deserted. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Paul goes on to say these times happen so the resurrection life of Jesus 
can be seen in us by others who have a need of the life that we possess. In other words, people who see the life of Christ in us will be assured that if we can do this resurrection life through Christ and the Holy Spirit, why not them? That's called hope. Our life is the true preaching of the gospel. Several years ago, I had been teaching a women's class on just this subject, and I told the story of having to be dealt with by God in my younger years concerning impatience while driving. Then a woman in my class said, Well, he must still be working on you because you cut me off at that store earlier today. She was not happy. Well, honestly, I didn't remember the incident, but that didn't matter to her. I laughingly thanked her for having courage to confront me in the class and asked for her forgiveness. At least I couldn't knowingly laugh at myself. After that, she became much more friendly towards me. Maybe she needed to see that reaction to failure. I just thanked God later for putting the right attitude in my heart. In Leanne Payne's book, The Healing Presence, she quotes Oswald Chambers, a very famous preacher in the 1800s and, and to this day well known. He was teaching on abiding in Christ as God's own invitation and promise to us. In John 15, Jesus says, Abide in me, and I will abide in you. She then quoted Chambers' words about this relationship with God. In the initial stages, it's a continual effort until it becomes so much the law of life that you abide in him unconsciously. Acquaint your mind with the idea that God is there. If once it is seen along this line, then when you are in difficulties, it is as easy as breathing to remember that he is with you. Ah, peace. Then it no longer feels like you have to pray or have to take time to be with Jesus in the busyness of your day. Jesus doesn't want us to come to him with a have-to attitude. Instead, ask the Holy Spirit to help you find joy just being with him there in friendship and understanding. Yes, this relationship with Jesus brings wisdom, joy, and no more separation from the holy. We've learned to trust and relax in his love. So let me ask you, if God is for us, who could be against us? Let's pray. Jesus, you are not just Lord in our life. You have reminded us at all times that we can rest in your love like a child on his daddy's lap. You guide us and direct our life. Whenever we turn to you, we find out that you have already made a way for us. Help us to trust you. Be with those who want so much to have this relationship with you. Help them to not be afraid to ask for your presence in their life. Amen.